Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 84 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, and I'm joined, as always, by Kate Maniscalco. Uh, it's the AL West edition of the podcast, first and foremost. If you're watching on YouTube, Kate, out of left field, is wearing a Seattle Mariners hat. I am wearing a Texas Rangers shirt, because this is the number one Texas Rangers podcast on the internet. I thought, I thought Kate knew that, and yet she went Mariners, so like... First, hi, but also, like, really? Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me, as always. I went Mariners because last week's episode, I said the Mariners are going to win the AL West. I stand by that statement so much that I decided to rep the Mariners on my head for this episode. And that makes me sad. It does. Because we have invested so much sweat equity time on this podcast, me personally going to a Rangers game and making yes. it my whole personality for the summer. I've inv- I'm in too deep to wait. And I also have, I have a Mariners jersey. I could have actually worn that. That would have been funny. Um, but I'm not doing that because this is a Texas Rangers podcast, even though they did just get their brakes beat off by the Houston Astros yes. on Monday night when we're taping this. So it, look, it, look, I'm not, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Not worried about the Rangers. Okay. You don't think Toronto's going to come in and swoop in? That's the series of the year. We were just talking about that. September 11th through the 14th, Texas goes to Toronto. And if you look at the wild card right now, we're not this, we were talking about the NL wild card a lot today. But if we're taking a look at the AL wild card just briefly, Texas lost today on Monday and they have the third wild card spot locked down, except the Blue Jays are a half game behind. So that'll be, we talk about series to keep an eye on. Monday through Thursday, I guess that is. Yeah. Rangers. It's going to be a big one. Huge. And at the end of the month, I think that Rangers play. It's crazy. At the end of the month, it's one weekend, like the second to last weekend, Seattle's at at Texas. And then that following weekend, the Rangers are at Mariners. So that's going to be great. We play each other like six times left. That's what you want. I like that. Whoever scheduled the made the Rangers Mariners schedule, that's perfect. I love Genius. down the stretch, play the division. Yep. I agree. That's because it's the best. It used to be with the unbalanced schedule, it was like 19 times playing the division. So yes. Wasn't great. This time spread it out a little bit. It's great. It's so much better. Especially especially because this circumstance this year, it's gonna come down to the wire for the AL West. So the fact that there are that many series at the end, it's going to be so fun. I'm I'm pumped for it. And I think the Mariners play Houston in between those two weekends too. It's just, it's going to be a great September baseball month for the AL West. Everyone booking in your calendars. That's what you should be watching. I'm, I'm also addicted to strength of schedule right now. So every day I look tankathon. That's fun. That's a fun website name. Um, they do remaining st- schedule strength for baseball. Uh, Mariners eighth hardest down the stretch. Uh, Rays fourth hardest down the stretch. The number one toughest schedule down the stretch is the St. Louis Cardinals, but we're not talking about wow. that. Yeah, I mean that's just a, that's just a fun fact you can tell your friends. Yeah, smart. Yeah, 
So if you ever if you ever needed that, that's that. Um, we have a lot to talk about this week, but we have one thing we want to talk about before we talk about all the other stuff. Kate, 100K TikTok. It's a big number. It's a huge number. How? I mean, that's. I think when you have a 100K on TikTok, you're technically like a D-list celebrity. <laughs> I think. Do you feel like do you get noticed walking down the street yet? Yeah, I, actually, every single person stops me wherever I go. I can't even leave my house at this point. You know, I know. Yeah, hundred K. Yeah, especially when you only talk about sports, you have no idea how many people just want to get a picture with you, want your autograph. It's it's a hard life being a D list celebrity, but someone has to do it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure like. Your, your whiteboard videos have gained probably so much notoriety. I mean, I, I look, you're, you're, you're explaining stuff. You're doing football now, which is great. So if you don't follow Kate on TikTok, let's get her up to, let's get her up to a million. Hashtag get Kate to a million. That's a lot of characters. Um, I like, I like we'll, how supportive you are, Justin. Thank you so much. Look, if one of us has to get to a million followers. And if it's going to be one of us, I think I want it to be you. Thank you for handing me that baton. Very selfless, <laughs> actually. You yeah. are so selfless. Yeah. No, but every time I look at your TikTok, it's like 30K, 50K, mil, couple mil. That's got to be, that's a good feeling. It's fun. Sometimes it's weird because you have a lot of videos that just flop. And then you have videos that you really didn't think would do well that do really well. So we're enjoying the present right now. And nobody unfollowed follow her so it doesn't say exactly 100k don't don't do that no, that would be a that's shame rude. that would be horrible if people unfollowed Please. and it said like 99.9 or something that's don't like the that. worst no <laughs> absolutely not um yeah it's great i saw that i was like let's go this is she's putting in all this effort on the talk let's get her let's get her up there in numbies again thanks appreciate you appreciate you justin yeah. i i want to take a little bit of credit though for uh your, your rise to superstardom. Always. When, I, when I'm when i expect ac- accepting my award one day, I will give you a shout out. Yes. I'd like to thank Justin for all these added followers. Um, Bringing great. me on the pod. Yeah, I mean, hang like... Out. It's great. Exactly. The Breaking Bats bump is... I'd probably say 30% of where these followers came from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Breaking 128 hours of friendship. What what more can you ask for? I mean, putting up record numbies like Steph Curry. Um, okay. We have some headlines. We were talking NL wild card today. We're talking we're talking about the LA Angels, a lot about the Angels, some Royals stuff at the end, and then also uh we're doing a little Trey Turner talk at the very, very end. So we're gonna start with the LA Angels because Mike Trout, I saw this headline and it's it's not a great headline. Mike Trout will have conversations with Angels ownership in the winter about the team's direction. I'm just going to start us out with another hashtag, free Mike Trout. Free Mike Trout. Because, first of all, if they need to go 17-8 and eight to not have a losing record for an eighth consecutive season, which is awesome. Uh, but when asked about like the waiver moves, that no, just nobody told Mike Trout. Mike Trout said, quote, I was surprised surprised as much as everybody was by the waiver moves. I didn't see what was coming. They didn't even tell them that they were waving everybody. You'd think you'd tell the, fran- the franchise player, 
hey, Mike, real quick, you know, before it breaks, 30% of the team's leaving, all your buddies. Uh, yeah. So just want to give you a heads up. They didn't do that. Free Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of swing either way on this. I feel like feeling bad for Mike Trout could be a lot. He's making a lot of money. He signed the contract. He knew the situation of the Angels. Do I want to see Mike Trout make the playoffs? Of course. I would like to see him make the playoffs with Joey Otani. Obviously, you don't want him to go down as one of the greatest baseball players that has been to the playoffs once in 2014. That's not what you want to see for Mike Trout. But in this given circumstance, I feel like I feel more bad for Angels fans because this is probably one of the worst months in the history of the franchise. You go out, you buy it. First of all, first you say, we're not trading Shohei Otani. Then you go buy at the deadline. Okay, everyone commends you. Fine, go for it. Then you waive the players and you are having a horrible month in August. And now Shohei Otani, just to add to matters, UCL injury. Like, could it, could it actually get any worse for Angels fans at this point? I'm genuinely not sure. I actually, I mean, I do feel bad for Mike Trout. You're right. He knew what he was getting into when he signed that big contract. I, I think from his perspective, I don't think he would, I don't think he thought that they would be this bad because it's okay. a big market team. They've always spent money. Like they got pool, they got him his buddy pool holes. They got him all, they got him pitching back in the day. They got him, they got Rendon. Like they've always tried. And so from Mike's perspective, he's like, oh, oh, I mean, you know, we can, we can get out of this. It's not going to be this bad forever. But you're right. 2014 was the last time they made the playoffs. He was 22 years old. And in that series, he went one for 12. So if that was the last time he's ever going to play in the playoffs, I don't think you want to bat .083 uh, for your postseason career. That's not – when they put that on the Hall of Fame plaque, that might be in a smaller font. That probably won't be as prominently displayed on the on, in Cooperstown. Um, it's – I don't know. Mike Trout's just, like, not a flashy guy. Maybe he didn't want to deal with, like – the free agents, free agency carousel, the you know the media tour. He's just like, hey, I in the off season I like to go hunting a lot, and deer season is in October, so I would like the month of October off every year to go hunting in Millville, New Jersey, and I think they're going to accommodate that request. It looks like every year. Yes, I I also think that maybe. Again, kind of, I mean, I know he kind of alluded to this right now, but in the eyes of Mike Trout, like some people just want to play baseball. Maybe he, like you said, didn't really care, didn't want to go through the free agency issues. It. I would love to have a sit down with Mike Trout and actually know if this bothers him a lot because Moogie Betts interviewed him on his podcast talking about the WBC and he kind of said that, yeah, it was so important to us. It was the, it was the greatest stage I've ever played on because given the fact that we don't get that far in the playoffs, so that was pretty cool, pretty awesome opportunity to face your teammate on such a huge stage. I'm curious if what those conversations are going to look like in the off season, because from an angel's perspective, you've pretty much depleted your entire farm system. Do you go out and spend more in the off season? Because you can't really rely on your prospects to come up during the year. He had, I mean, I would love to find a scenario in which he could get out of LA like where he demands a trade. Can you imagine if Mike Trout demands a trade? This guy never talks. And so the fact that like we're getting little snippets of him, like he's like, hey, they didn't tell me about the waivers. He's like, hey, I'm going to have to talk to management. Like we're slowly starting to see an increase in him talking, which is a good thing, I think, because it shows that like he's not content to just sit there and lose every year. 
Maybe he's tired of going deer hunting in October. Maybe he would actually Maybe. like to go deer hunting a little bit later in, in November with a ring. So, I mean, I think I think he just wants to – I feel like he wants to go to the playoffs again. But I saw this. He has seven years of $252 million left on the contract. It's kind of a lot, probably. Probably not a lot of teams can swallow that kind of money. And also, he's hurt yeah. all the time now. Um, yeah. But in my brain, it would be it would be a great great story for him to leave. It would be it would be great. I feel like he should really embrace that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, NBA type of style. Like, you know what? I'm gonna march into the front office and demand yes. a trade. Yes. It would be unprecedented for baseball and also just unprecedented for Mike Trout because, again, he doesn't like to talk. And that's okay. Not everybody can be loud and vocal, but I do think this we're starting to see. Put, put, this in a t- put this in the tickler file. Mike Trout's not afraid to talk. Just throwing that out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is they need to do a complete teardown. They're calling up guys that they drafted like a month ago. Like they called up their first-round pick and he spent like six minutes in the minors. They're like, God, please come help us. So they are desperate for help. One last thing on the Angels. Did you see the stuff on Twitter? Uh, I put it on on our Instagram, but just like the the writer for the Athletic for the Angels, Sam Blum versus Anthony Rendon. I I did see it on our Instagram. I saw some comments on Twitter because Talking Baseball also reposted, so it was deep in the comment section. That it was it's interesting. It was a lot of interesting fans had a lot of opinions. So this is something that I'm very well versed on. I made a TikTok about this last week. Um, so Sam Blum has had an ongoing thing with Anthony Rendon ever since Anthony Rendon has been put on the IL when he fouled a ball off his shin on July 4th is when he hurt himself this most recent time. And ever since then, he's been, he hasn't been able to play. He's been on the, he's been on the 60 day IL now. He has like bone bleeding and bruising, but there's not a ton else known about the extent of his injury. And so this is like an ongoing saga and some of my favorite Sam Blum tweets about this was on August 8th, Sam said, Anthony Rendon said yesterday in the clubhouse that he'd come back out to give an update on his health. He did not return to do so yesterday. He did not today either. There's always tomorrow, I suppose. And then he followed it up, I think a day later, and he said, update, Rendon postgame last night, likened his promise to return of that of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in The Terminator. He noted that he would come back out to talk, but did not say when. And then he just never came back out to talk again. So... Anthony Rendon, not a fan of the media, would probably no. be a nice way to put it. Uh, very combative with the media now, but the most recent one on Monday, which this is this is the GOAT. This is the GOAT response. This is, this is the best. So Anthony Rendon, this is from Sam Blum. He said, Anthony Rendon, when asked for an injury update, said, quote, no habla ingles today. He then put on a hoodie, then left the clubhouse. So... It, it's it's giving all of the NBA post game press conferences. Yes, he just wants no part. He wants no part of the media, and I I kind of like the fire. He's like, I'm just gonna say whatever I want, which is like the most frustrating thing for fans oh, the, and for poor, poor Sam and for poor, poor Sam. Sam is just eating it every single day that he has to go to this clubhouse and try to get some sort of update for his job on the most expensive player on the angels, Anthony Rendon making 38 and a half million. And just like the, the manager will not talk about this. They stopped making the trainer available to comment apparently. So just no one will talk about how hurt Anthony Rendon is. It, I can't imagine 
like poor poor Sam walking into there every day just knowing like I think he he has his own podcast too and I think he said he like something like I won't repeat some of the things Anthony Rendon has said to the media just like that's how that's how bad they are yeah <laughs> like they're it's reminded me of that trend on TikTok where it's mentally preparing myself to do to like go to the doctor's office. It's Sam mentally preparing myself to go ask Anthony Rendon questions. Just like, hey, how you feeling? Just absolutely petrified what this man's response is going to be. <laughs> I think Rendon like takes like pleasure in seeing how big of an a hole he can be to the members absolutely. of the LA media. Like, I think in his mind, it's a game. The the no habla ingles today. Today, just today. <laughs> yeah, no, Iconic. just today. I don't speak English. I would like to leave now. Um, Iconic. That's insane. Yeah. Rendon, two hundred games in four seasons in LA. Granted, one of those was COVID, but also he's just never been able to stay healthy. Uh, like I said, he's the most expensive player on the Angels. He makes more than Mike Trout, and he still has three more years at thirty-eight and a half million dollars left per year on his contract. So, um, Sam and Anthony are going to have to find a way to get along for three more years, it looks like, because he's not leaving. No, no. It's, isn't that contract insane, though? Like, I think, he, I think he obviously deserved it at the time, but I was looking up, like, the top 20 most – top 20 highest paid athletes in Major League Baseball. Like, he's, he's fully on the list. It's actually so funny when you think about it. 38 and a half mil per year is nothing to sneeze at. He uh, – no. You're you're right. When they signed him after 2019, he was he was like a 300 hitter. He had like Cruising. all these home runs, deserved every penny. Yeah. And then it's just a shame to see he's become a shell of himself. And now the only thing that gets him out of bed every day is seeing how big of an asshole he can be to Sam Blum. Yeah. I think that's his tough. biggest motivation for for going to the ballpark every day. Uh, you know what? Everyone needs something. The state of the Angels. He's like, this is this is going to be my entertainment for the day. This is all I have. <laughs> I my shin is bleeding internally, so the only thing I have is making. They waved Sam's my life. entire team. Otani is hurt. My Trout's never going to make the playoffs. Just let me be mean to Sam Blum. Come on. Sorry, it's all I have in this world. That was a little dramatic. Everybody has their own. Everybody has their vices. Yeah, his is yeah, just assholery. Um, so yeah, tough times. Tough times in LA. Uh, let's shift gears though, because I did want to talk about. The NL wild card race, which is like we said at the beginning, it's probably the most interesting thing happening in baseball right now. As of today on Monday, there the Angels. I'm sorry, the Angels. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Marlins are tied for the third wild card spot. Actually, no, the Diamondbacks, Marlins, and Reds are tied for the third wild card spot, and the Giants are half game behind. Pirate, or I can't talk right now. I'm still thinking about Sam Blum. Uh, the Padres are five and a half back, so I'm not. I, I'm going to count them out for the purpose of this conversation but they're not technically dead um so all these teams stacked up at the top of the nl wild card this is going to be the most fun thing to watch down the stretch all these teams like not traditional playoff powerhouses but this year yeah yeah no for sure i think it's also one of those things again if you would have told me this at the beginning of the 2023 season i would have laughed in your face i would have said no no there's just no way and i also would have said the padres are going to be a clear favorite for the wild card. So I think what makes it even more exciting is it was kind of more sleeper teams to start the season that are now just coming out on top, which is cool. It's also cool that like this whole summer we're like, Oh, could the Cubs, could the Cubs make the could playoffs? The yeah. Could, Oh, could the Cubs do it? They're like pretty well established as a playoff spot. They're three and a half up on all these yep. other teams. 
I feel pretty confident as of September 4th saying the Chicago Cubs make the playoffs. So that's a, that's awesome. I didn't, I honestly like didn't think they'd be good. No, no, not at all. I mean, preseason, they said, is it even a possibility for them to make the playoffs? Like just them making it maybe would be a success. And even if they got bumped out and then they became buyers at the deadline, didn't sell away their, their assets. And here they go, they're going to make a run. So I'm, I'm here for the Cubs. I love this. Exactly. And plus, and we got the Phillies sitting pretty on the top of the end of wild card yes. standings. Uh, so I want to do something fun for each of the wild card teams fighting for that third wild card spot. We're going to go and we're going to do one reason that they will make the playoffs and one reason that they won't make the playoffs. Just, you know, get the, get the creative juices flowing for all these teams. There's a lot of them. We're going to start with Arizona. Why the Diamondbacks will make the playoffs. First of all, here's a fun fact for you. This is the Diamondbacks have entered the month of September with their best record since 2018. So that's awesome. That's also a lot of losing in between. Um, th- here's why they will make the playoffs. They have righted the ship. Remember, we, t- we think back to earlier this couple months ago after the All-Star break. They're like, oh, they're, they're on this like month-long skid. Since then, they've had an 11-2 run. I know the Orioles just took two out of three from them, but they will make the playoffs because they have the NL Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll, they have a top three Cy Young Award finalist in Zach Gallen. Christian Walker's hitting 30-plus. They have guys. They have guys. Why they won't make the playoffs is outside of Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, their pitching staff's bad, like really bad. Uh, their pitching as a whole is bottom third in almost every statistical category. And when they had that 9-21 and slump after the All-Star break, like that that bone is still in them. They still have that. They still have that gear where they can lose all of these games. Like they lost that for a reason. And then also their record when they play teams that are over 500 is 32 and 46. So they cannot play good teams. Well, um, yes. thoughts on the diamondbacks. Yeah. I mean, I am impressed with them. I feel like out of the teams that are left, I have an, an instinct that they might, they might cl- get that last spot. I mean, they're buyers at the deadline. Tommy Pham is actually performing well. They got Paul Sewell at the deadline, Jace Peterson. So I was impressed that they went out and went for it. I mean, you mentioned Corbin Carroll. He's having an outstanding year. Obviously, Zach Allen. My only thing that is concerning about the Diamondbacks is we all know that pitching is going to get you into the postseason. We got to see a lot more from their bullpen. Look this up today. 25th ranked in ERA, 26th different pitchers have thrown in relief this year, and only two out of 11 who have thrown 15 innings in relief have under a four ERA. So the bullpen's just a mess right now. I know you mentioned the pitching staff. Obviously, the ERA is tough. So do I think they can clinch? Yes, in terms of a deep playoff run, that's kind of where it's a little bit more concerning. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this they started out so hot. But like I said, that month where they won nine games, they that happened for a reason. Like, this is not – they're not a bulletproof yeah. playoff contender. Uh, the next name is the Miami Marlins. The Marlins will make the playoffs – because of their incredible pitching. I looked this up. It's baseball reference. I've been spending hours on there mostly to practice for immaculate grid, but baseball reference for the Marlins, they're four out of their five top war leaders are pitchers. And the only one who isn't is Luis Arias, who unfortunately will not be hitting 400 this season. Um, Alcantara, Luzardo, Braxton Garrett, Yuri Perez, who thankfully got called back up. These are legit guys. Alcantara pitches like eight innings every start. Now it's great. Um, so that's why they will make the playoffs in the backs. They're incredible starting pitching. Why they will miss the playoffs is good. God, their schedule is hard. They have the fifth hardest schedule remaining in the MLB. And just like Arizona, when they play good teams, it does not end well. 
30 and 42 against teams that have a 500 record or better. Some of their toughest games are seven against the Brewers, three against the Phillies, three against the Dodgers, three against the Braves. It's going to be tough. So thoughts on the Marlins? Yeah, just surprising almost that they, I think, had like a lot larger lead in the wild card spot in the beginning and just kind of fallen off lately. Obviously, their pitching is outstanding. They've done like a great job so far this season. My gut, I feel like this is turning into thoughts on the Marlins. Kate, what's your gut instinct? Gut instinct is Marlins will not get that last playoff spot, despite having one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, despite having Luis Arise. So, yes, I know he's not going to hit 400, Justin, but he's hitting still 350. It's pretty good. Jakey Burgers, gotta love him. He's he's doing great. That was a great acquisition by the Marlins. So, again, I don't think it's good enough for them to make the playoffs. Maybe I mean maybe they can get in on the backs of the six games against the New York Mets. Good. It's crazy when you look at like the strength of schedule. Like you'll see teams that have like seven, eight, nine games against one particular team left. I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Play somebody yeah. else. That gets old. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati Reds talked a lot about the Reds this year. America's team, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, the, they will make the playoffs because they have one of the most complete lineups in baseball that no pitching staff wants to face. And they just went out and they added Harrison Bader. Sorry, Kate Hunter Renfro. There's not a team in baseball that wants to pitch against the <laughs> Cincinnati Reds right now. It's just top to bottom. All the young guys and Carnacion, Spencer Steer just hit his 20th home run. Like they have one through nine. It's tough. Nobody wants to face that. Also, their schedule down the stretch is crazy easy. The hardest games they have left are the Mariners and three against the Twins. So 25th hardest remaining uh, schedule, Cincinnati Reds. They won't make the playoffs because their pitching's bad. Pitching's really bad. Seventh highest team ERA, third highest starter ERA. Also, just every pitcher they have is hurt now for some reason. So that's cool. Andrew Abbott is like the last last man standing him and Luke Weaver. Um, Kate thoughts on the Reds. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely surprised. Like they didn't go after Julie. The Giglio didn't go to the Reds, right? Where did Giglio end up? Was he claimed off waivers? He was by the Cleveland guardians. By the guardians. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I was surprised that they didn't go after him, especially because like we mentioned, their pitching hasn't been great. I know Hunter green threw well a couple days ago, but I think the Reds are just a little bit too young. I know they have a good lineup. I know they got Ellie. I know they got a lot of guys that people are excited about. And we have seen them get hot. We have seen them be America's team. However, I think the pitching is not going to get them into that final wild card spot. Which is a shame because, like I said, like when you have a lineup and a, and a bunch of young guys are all in their mid to early 20s that are just absolutely killing it, like Encarnacion Strand, Noel V. Marte, like all these guys, Spencer Steer, Ellie. And then you, you just go out there and you have to score 10 runs to win. It's, it's tough. Um, next up, San Francisco Giants. Their Giants will make the playoffs because of a great veteran presence in the locker room. Jock Peterson, Crawford's still there. The, the one and two of the rotation is probably one of the most underrated one-two punches in all of baseball. Alex Cobb and Logan Webb. Like, you, you think about playoffs and you think about pitching is what's key and what's what, you know, will win these big games. Like having two horses like that at the, at the top, it's going to be awesome. They won't make the playoffs because outside of that one, two in the rotation, there's not a lot else. 
There's not a lot in the back end of the rotation. They've also, as a team, lost 16 out of their last 24 games, and they finished the season playing 7 out of 10 games uh, against the Dodgers. So ten, 7 out of their last 10 games will be played against the LA Dodgers. Uh, Kate, thoughts on the Giants? Yeah, the problem is, it's funny, one of my really good friends is a Giants fan. He said, you know what, it's like they win five games and they lose five games. They're just so back and forth. They just have not been consistent, especially in the month of August. So I feel like from that standpoint, I don't see them making the playoffs. The Giants aren't flashy in anything that they do. They just, like, they don't, a buddy of mine said, that, like, they just don't do any one thing well. Yes. Like, they're, like, solid, but, like, very unspectacular. Which, if you think back to those three out, of, three out of the five years they won the World Series, that was kind of their MO. Like, not a lot of, like, they didn't have, like, a superstar. I guess Buster Posey, but, like, they were just kind of, like, good. I don't know. It's a, That's yeah. a weird way to win baseball games It's just being, like, average-ish. Good. Average-ish, good-ish. Agreed. Um, not, not, nothing flashy from the San Francisco Giants. So, um, those are our... NL wildcard teams, why they will and won't make the playoffs. We have a couple last segments before we end this week. We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteed a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. The Kansas City Royals are in a heated battle for the worst record in Major League Baseball <laughs> with the Oakland Athletics. They are just two titans going at it. Going so, at it. So, yeah, Kansas City, 43-96. and 96, Oakland, 42-95 and 95 as of Monday when we're taping this. So, they really both, they both want... Actually, I don't even think you get the number one pick in the draft by being bad anymore. I feel like it's a draft lottery now. Yes. So I they really I are being bad for no reason. Just for fun. Just for funsies. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just goofing. But it got me thinking. Not a lot of positive press right now for the Kansas City Royals. And we've yeah. done this a couple times this year. We might have even actually done say something nice about the Royals before this. Uh, but we're going to change the vibes up. And we're going to get some positive press back out there about the Kansas City Royals, the proud franchise that they are. Uh, so we're going to say some nice things about the Kansas City Royals. I looked this up, and I had a buddy who sent this to me because he pitched today. They have one of the coolest pitchers going right now, Cole Raggins. Legit. This is the guy they got from Texas in the Aroldis Chapman trade. Seven starts, seven earned runs allowed, 148 ERA, 60 Ks. Today, his start on Monday against the White Sox, six scoreless, one hit, seven Ks. Guy's a lefty, throws 100 miles an hour, AL pitcher of the month, 25 years old. That's a guy. Kansas City has a guy. So we need to get some more positive press back out there and let everybody know, Kansas City, Cole Raggins. They need some positive in there. I'm happy for them. I have to, I want to peg you this question. Who would you rather have the better record, KC or Oakland? I want I want Oakland to have the worst record just because like if you're gonna be if if well because if you're gonna go okay. if you're gonna be bad don't half ass being bad yeah be hard all in be, be the awful. worst team in baseball be the worst you can be if you're going if look if you're trying if that's your goal is to be the worst team in baseball which it obviously is because they've traded everybody away and they don't yes. really care um, be bad 
Like if this this whole season would be for naught if they had the second worst record in baseball and Kansas City swooped in at the last second and was like, hey, we have 120 losses, not you. Um, so yeah, I, w- I want Oakland to have the worst record. <laughs> I agree. I think I would rather them have the worst record too. I think fans also think Oakland fans hate Oakland A's so much right now. They're like, you better have the worst record. Otherwise we're going to be yeah. pissed. You, you better not fall down to the wheels. <laughs> Why, yeah, why do we have this reverse boycott and in the fire John Fisher? Like all that, like all of that would have been for nothing if 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 Oakland somehow was like the third worst team in baseball. Yeah. Completely. Because then, the, like, you can't even tank right. You can't do no. anything right. Be That's good so at tanking. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get let's get Kansas City. Let's get the positive vibes going back out there again because I can't really think of any other positive Royals stories. Is, no. is Zach Zach Greinke's hurt, isn't he? Yes, he's still hurt. Okay, best, so best that, that would have been favorite guy in the world. Yeah, Zach Greinke stories. Remember that? That was fun. That was the best. That was the best episode of my life. Zach Greinke yeah. stories. Like half a half a mil on Instagram. It was awesome. Check it out. Um, you could say Bobby Witt too. Future, maybe yeah. future MVP. Bobby Witt's having a good year. Good for him. Go yeah. KC. Sal Perez <laughs> is still there. We love it. So I don't know what's up with that. He probably should have gotten out a while ago. So, um, so yeah, there's a couple other things, but mostly just Cole Raggins. Yes. This is a Cole Raggins podcast now. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's they have something nice in Kansas City. All right, New York Yankees talk time. I know Kate's been chomping at the bit. She's just be like, let me talk about the kids. Let me, let me talk, talk about the kids. Let me, let me talk about the New York Yankees. So this is your opportunity to do that. Thank you. So the Yankees did what everyone's been begging for them to do all year. Everyone's super excited. The kids get called up, not just some of the kids, not just, you know, Everson Pereira and Oswald Peraza. No, no. They call up all the kids. They called up the Martian, Jason Dominguez. For those who don't know, the reason he's called the Martian is because he is out of this world. Justin is cringing. <laughs> yes, they call up the Martian. They who call calls Jason him Dominguez. the Martian? Everyone. Yankee fans call him the Martian. Everyone. The movie with Matt Damon? He calls himself the Martian, as he should. Have you you seen the movie, though? I haven't, no. Put that on your list for the offseason. It's really good. Thank you. So they call up Jason Dominguez. They call up Austin Wells. Mind you, Jason Dominguez is 20 years old. Absolutely insane. And it's giving 2016 baby bombers. Everyone is super hyped about this. The team just looks alive again. And for those who have not been watching the Yankees this season, you could just Google 2023 sad Yankees and you can find clips of how miserable this team has looked. And it's tough when you're the New York Yankees and you're losing that much to stay happy and consistent. You know, they call up the kids, Jason Dominguez, first at bat, homers off of Justin Verlander. Two days later, another home run. Absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, he has been the star, but another star, Austin Wells. People are not talking about him enough. He caught all three games, RBI double yesterday. His framing looked great. Michael King actually went out to the media after and said, yeah, you know, like I told him to make some adjustments. I thought he was great making those immediately after they did the side-by-side of him coming more inside on Kyle Tucker. He looked absolutely phenomenal. The New York Yankees call up the kids and sweep the Houston Astros. Absolutely insane. For the first time since 2013, Yankee fans, that was the day Andy Pettit was still throwing. So just for some perspective, 
it's really cool watching the younger guys. Again, Sunday marks the second straight game in which the Yankees fielded six players aged 24 or younger, which has not happened since 1969. Just a cool day. And again, it gives some Yankee fans some hope too, because this is the future of your franchise, the future of your organization. So I'm stoked. Eight and a half games back out of the wild card. Give me a miracle. Let's go. Justin, I'm sorry. I just ranted, but I had to get that out. No, I knew I had to get it off my chest. I, absolutely. This is the place yeah. to do it. Yeah. You. Although you did tweet out today that if they make the playoffs, you're doing the New York City Marathon, which a part of That's me thought correct. that you were already doing it. No, that is correct. I said, if, they, if the Yankees make the playoffs, I will run the New York City Marathon. And I'd like to make a promise on this podcast, too. If the New York Yankees make the, make, make the, uh, the playoffs, I will also do the New York City Marathon. Get your running shoes on then. Yeah, that's we're both <laughs> this we're we're committed. And hey, I'll double down. If the New York Yankees make the playoffs, I'll do the I will try to qualify for the Boston Marathon. If not this you year, won't. then next year. And hey, yeah. Brian's gonna we, run it too. <laughs> yeah, yes. We, we have not talked to him about this. If the, ooh, let's just let, hey, let's just let's just double down. It tweet tweet me a marathon. I'll run yeah. it if the New York make Yankees make like yeah. the, the playoffs. The playoffs, just the playoffs. They just need to make the wild card. Yeah. I absolutely. I feel very confident in that. So yeah, I will do half a dozen marathons between now and the end of the year. Perfect. Phenomenal. If the New York if the New York Yankees make the playoffs. This is fun. I love making bets about things that will never ever come true. All right. All right. Enough. Enough. No no more slander. Hey, well, you know what? If the Yankees make the playoffs, Pete will do a marathon too. Oh, okay. We could say that. Yeah. Pete, so, Pete's gonna do a marathon. Let's just all right, let's just do a quick recap. <laughs> if the Yankees make the playoffs, Kate's yes. doing the New York City Marathon. Correct. I will also do the New York City Marathon. I think when what you what what month is that? It's in November. Okay. So that's okay. That's after when the race when the World Series. Um Pete Fairbanks will be doing a marathon with us. Yes. Also, Brian O'Grady. Yes. He'll be, we all, the four of us will be doing a group marathon. So that will only take place if the Yankees make the playoffs. So that, this is good. If the Yankees want to see some entertainment, you know, you got some time. You got about a month. Let's do it. See two guys that don't run and one guy has never done a, never done a marathon before run marathon. I've also never done a marathon. Oh, yeah, but you. So you've been this would be a first time for me too. Four people, two of which don't run, At one all. of which will die on the track. Well, they'll be doing a marathon. So this is great. I'm so excited. Again, I love, I love making promises that will never ever come true. So they're eight and a half games out. That's the fun part of this, Kate. So yeah, know. we're gonna make that as a clip, and I'm sure. Pete, Pete is sitting at home going, what the? No. Sociopath. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to love that. Okay. <laughs> Last thing, because this is, this is this podcast, you're listening to this, but it's taken three times longer to try to record this. Um, Trey Turner. We talked about on this podcast, he had a tough, he had a tough go of it this year. Before August 4th, or as of August 4th, he had big, he would give up like game lose game winning errors to the other team. He was yep. slashing 235, 290, 368. People were booing him. It was bad. And then his fortunes changed because on August 4th, 
one, exactly one month ago to the day we were recording this, Philadelphia Phillies fans gave him a standing ovation. And good God, in his last 30 games, it has been Barry Bonds-esque. In his last 30 games, Trey Turner is slashing 345, 383, 714 slugging in the last 30 games with 11 bombs, 31 ribs. He had a homer in five straight games. That's insane. The power of a standing ovation. It got me thinking, though. What other players around Major League Baseball could use a standing ovation to get the good vibes going? Because this is a good vibes podcast. So I'll start us out with the first one. I saw this tweet. It made me very sad. Joey Gallo is hitting 172 with an MLB high 43.2% strikeout rate in 109 games for the Twins, including 147 with 16 RBIs in his last 75 games. Since the All-Star break, he's batting 138, and he's also one for 25 with 16 strikeouts since August 12th. Uh, That is courtesy of Aaron Gleeman on Twitter. Good God. What if? What if the Minnesota Twins, they all got together on Twitter and they coordinated First at-bat, next game, Joey Gallo, five-minute standing O. Can you imagine? No, That's my guy. I completely Give agree. Joey Gallo a ovation. I absolutely agree with this take. And you know what really pissed me off? That last year, when Joey Gallo was hitting 180 for the New York Yankees and playing every single game, and fans were going, all he does is strike out. You know what? He could have used a nice standing ovation. I think that would have given him a lot more confidence. I think it would have given him some, you know, incentive to actually want to stay in New York because at the end, he literally said, I didn't even want to go outside. I didn't even want to go outside the streets of New York. So you know what? It would have helped his case a lot more. I also agree with this take. I think someone else, though, that could use it, who has fallen off quite a bit, would be Mr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. It's been tough. It's been tough for Vladdy. He's doing a little bit better past few games, but this year... He was super hyped up. He started off pretty hot to start season, did the home run derby, and just not not living up to the hype. And I feel like a standing ovation for our young little Vladdy Guerrero Jr. could absolutely help him. Trey Turner effect is real. This is a Trey Turner podcast. Every single fan should do this. No more booing your own team. Enough. Enough. It doesn't work. What do you think they say? Oh, okay. Now you're booing me. Let me just try harder. No. Good vibes only. Mic drop. Counterpoint to that is we as fans pay the the players' salaries. Not really, but we're as big of a reason for team successes as the actual players on the field. So there's a part of me that's like, let me, me, I know this is just, I know we're a good vibes podcast, but I can almost like empathize with the people that are like, you're hitting 172. Figure it out. Let me give you a little, little juice. We know obviously that doesn't work, but I can under, I can see why people would think it would. Um, yeah, the Joey Gallo thing. I remember that from last year. He was like, I I didn't want to walk down the street because didn't want to go outside. I, I was scared of people booing me. Yes, which that's no way that's to go horrible. through life. It's horrific. And, and then last year he went to L.A. and had better vibes. Better vibes. They were laughing. Know, yeah, I don't know what the vibes are in Minnesota, but I did see that they were like one of the most strikeout heavy teams of all time. Um, so vibes must be pretty good. Cause they, they're not like they're comfortable striking out. Yeah, I agree. So they're fine. He's in the twins. Let's, He's fine. let's all, let's all as a, as a fan base, even on your couch at home, let's, let's cheer on Joey Gallo because um, it's, it's been tough lately. Um, 
It's been a great pod. I'm I'm just gonna say one of the best ones we've ever done. Really? Just throwing just throwing that out there. It's it's in the top eighty four for sure. Actually, I agree. We're gonna splice all of this together. Hopefully, nobody's ears break. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties. It's no big deal. If you're still listening, you're awesome. Thank uh, you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Son